Are you ready for a political thriller set in biblical times? Welcome to that Bible story you've probably never heard. I am your host, Drew Hill. Many people think the Bible is boring. However, I want to change that perception by sharing action-packed Bible stories. Of course, we try to stay as close to the Bible as we can. This doesn't mean this is a replacement for personal Bible reading. I strongly encourage you to read the Bible for yourself. Today, we have a political thriller for you. It is a story filled with assassination plots, attempted government overthrows, traitors hired by foreign nations, and a prophet who helped shape his nation's future. I hope I have interested you with this story from Jeremiah 40 through 43, titled, The Assassin for Ammon. The Ammonite messenger carefully eyed the camp from behind some bushes. From his vantage point, he could see he was behind the captain's tent. The rest of the army was on the other side of the camp. The sentry was too far away to see him in the dark. Keeping low to the ground, he reached the back of the captain's tent. Pulling back the flap, he found Ishmael waiting. Ishmael listened for any sound of an eavesdropper. Were you seen? Anyone can tell you are an Ammonite. I wasn't seen. I have news from you from King Ballas. Make it quick. Johanan's band joined up with mine today. Johanan doesn't trust me. Ballas has agreed to your demands. One thousand talents of gold in exchange for the life of Gedaliah. Excellent. I am surprised that a prince like yourself would turn against his own people. I'm not against my people. After Jerusalem surrendered, Babylon instituted Gedaliah as their puppet. He was a pawn of Jeremiah who always preached Babylonian victory. Those traitors deserve to die. Once I assassinate Gedaliah, I will bring the people to Ammon to protect them from Babylon. I will, of course, be promoted to captain of the Ammonite army as well. Your loyalty comes at a high price. However, if you succeed, Ballas will give that position as well. Don't worry about that. I will succeed. Now, get out of here. The Ammonite retreated out the back flap of the tent again. As he ran away from the camp, a crouching figure arose from beside the tent, gazing after the escaping figure. Johanan had heard every word. He had never liked Ishmael. As royalty, Ishmael had received all the breaks. Johanan was a commoner and had to work for his rank as captain. He had achieved that role through his devotion to his men and excellent leadership qualities. While Ishmael slept in a tent, Johanan slept on the ground among his men. Johanan had immediately recognized the stranger as an Ammonite. He watched him go into Ishmael's tent. He overheard the plot to overthrow the Jews. The stakes were high. If Ishmael succeeded, Babylon would immediately come and destroy Israel and the remnant left in Judah would perish. Johanan had to stop this plot. He would talk to Gedaliah tomorrow when the two bands reached Mizpah. Gedaliah greeted the Jews as they came. After hearing about Jerusalem's destruction and the appointment of Gedaliah as governor, they flocked to Mizpah from all over Israel. Suddenly, he saw someone he hadn't expected. Jeremiah? The old prophet greeted him. Gedaliah put his arm over his shoulder and led him away from the crowd. I was worried about you. I thought you had been led away with the others. I was, but Nebuzaradan, the captain of Babylon's guard, released me. I am surprised that such a man would have mercy on you. He nearly took me away by mistake, but Nebuchadnezzar had ordered my safe release. 
Nebuzaradan mentioned my prophecies and how they had come to pass, then ordered me the choice of either going to Babylon or to stay here. My place is here in Judah, so I have returned. All of the words you spoke came to pass. I hope you'll stay and continue to prophesy. My family has always supported you. I will. After making sure Jeremiah was accommodated properly, Gedaliah returned to the street to greet new arrivals. He finally saw two that he had been waiting for. Ishmael and Johanan appeared at the end of the street with their men. Gedaliah greeted each. Then he spoke to Ishmael. Ishmael, as prince and captain, you will be captain of the host. Ishmael nodded and left to find a house for him and his officers. Johanan pulled Gedaliah aside. May I speak with you? What about? Ishmael is planning to kill you. What? He was hired by Bayless, the Ammonite king. I have told all of the other officers. We will watch him. I fear that he may be able to get you while we may be gone, however. So, let me kill him now. No, Johanan, you are lying because you want to be captain of the host. You won't kill Ishmael. You think I just want to kill him so I can steal his job? Are you? No, of course not. If Ishmael kills you, Babylon will come and wipe this place out. The remnant will be scattered. It is vital that we stop Ishmael from killing you. No, I am sure you are wrong. Ishmael would never do that. I want you to take your men about ten miles south. Some robbers are terrorizing our people there. Johanan nodded, hoping Gedaliah would reconsider before it was too late. Several weeks later, Ishmael returned from defeating a band of Edomites to the east. As a reward, Gedaliah had invited Ishmael and ten other princes who were under him to dine with him. Ishmael, excellent work on your victory. Thank you, but it was the men who fought hard. What further plans do you have for me? I want you to escort a Chaldean prince back to Babylon. He has come to give me a message from King Nebuchadnezzar. He will be leaving in the morning and has a small escort. But with the robbers around, I think it would be safer if you and your band also went with him. Gedaliah, I have something else to say to you. Gedaliah leaned forward. Suddenly, Ishmael rose to his feet, sending the table flying onto Gedaliah. He drew his sword and drove it deep into a Babylonian seated next to him. The other ten princes also attacked and killed each man in the room. Ishmael himself killed Gedaliah. He and his men quickly cleaned up and left as if nothing had happened. A man met him then in the hall. Gedaliah is not to be disturbed. He is busy with other matters and with that prince from Babylon. The man shrugged and left with Ishmael and his men. Ishmael walked out into the sunlight and surveyed the street. He couldn't decide how he would handle moving the people to Amman. For now, no one knew Gedaliah was dead. Ishmael would have to think of something quick before anyone learned of his traitorous deed. Two days later, Mizpah still didn't know Gedaliah's fate. Ishmael was restless, unsure what to do next. If he tried to demand that everyone follow him to Amman, they would want to wait for Gedaliah's direction. Once they found out, they would probably execute him. Looking out toward the north, he saw 80 men from Samaria coming to worship. They had done several rituals before then, as they had shaved their beards, cut themselves, and tore their clothes. They were coming with incense, probably planning to go to the temple in Jerusalem. Perhaps they didn't know of its destruction. 
Suddenly, he wondered what might happen if they asked to see Gedaliah. His eyes narrowed. He hated Samaritans, and he'd get these pilgrims. He hurried out to meet them, crying as he went. Where are you from? You are clearly highly esteemed worshippers of our god. We are from Samaria and Shiloh, and we go to the Lord's house to offer incense to him. I, I'm afraid Jerusalem was destroyed earlier this year. The Babylonians also destroyed the temple. I, I'm so sorry. While you're here in Mizpah, why don't you come see Gedaliah? He is the governor appointed by King Nebuchadnezzar. I am so sorry to hear about the temple. I would like to meet Gedaliah, however. The unwitting eighty pilgrims followed Ishmael and his ten princes into town. As they reached the center of town, Ishmael and his men suddenly spun and began to kill the travelers. The unarmed men were easy prey. Suddenly, one Samaritan spoke out. Wait, Ishmael, listen to me. I can pay you handsomely. I have barley, wheat, oil, and honey. Just don't kill me. My nine brethren have treasures of the field too. If you will spare our lives, we will give them to you. Ishmael acquiesced to their pleas and spared the ten richest men. The rest were killed and their bodies thrown into a pit in the center of town. Ishmael realized the entire town had seen his treachery. Ishmael and his men rounded up the populace of Mizpah and led them away at sword point hoping to reach Ammon before anyone realized what had happened. After they reached Ammon, Ishmael would kill Jeremiah himself. Johanan was stirring the ashes of a small fire in his camp near the remains of Jerusalem when he saw a man running from the north to meet him. Johanan stood to meet him. Johanan, I have terrible news. Ishmael returned to Mizpah. He killed Gedaliah and slew 70 Samaritans. Now he's captured all of Mizpah and is carrying them away captive. This is my fault. I knew Ishmael was going to kill Gedaliah, but I left town at his orders. I should have stayed. We have to stop that traitor to our people and our god, Joshua, Ahitub, Caleb. Come. Three of Johanan's messengers walked up. Ishmael has played the traitor and carried away all of Mizpah. We must go rescue them. Joshua, go quickly to the camp of Sarai. Ahitu, go to Jezaniah, and Caleb, go to my brother Jonathan. Tell them to meet me in Mizpah by sundown. The messengers did as they were commanded. By sundown, all of the captains were in Mizpah with their bands. We must hurry after Ishmael. If he gets to Ammon, who knows what else he will do. He has already killed over 70 men, including Gedaliah, in cold blood. Let's move out. Ishmael looked toward the west. Eliasaw, one of the other ten princes, walked up to him. Ishmael, what is wrong? To the west is dust in the air. Don't you see? We are being followed. It could be robbers, or, or it could be Johanan or any one of the others. Either way, with only eleven men, we won't be able to fight a large band. The only reason we've been able to keep this people in line so far is because they are all unarmed. If they all tried to escape at once, they could probably overcome a god and escape. Where are we now? We are near the waters of Gibeon. After pausing for a short rest, Ishmael and his men had the captives get up and begin moving again. Suddenly, a band of men ran over a nearby hill. One captive stared back at the oncoming group. It's Johanan and Jezaniah! We are saved! The people began to cheer. Johanan's men raced toward the captives. Two of Ishmael's princes tried to stop them, but were quickly cut down. When Ishmael and the other eight men saw the oncoming horde, they fled. Ishmael decided to go to Ammon after all. 
Johanan's men gathered all of the people. Afterward, Jonathan, Johanan's brother, walked up to him. Johanan, we did it! We saved all the people before they reached Amon. But what about Ishmael? We will have to let him go. The remnant are in more danger now than ever. We have to escape to Egypt. What do you mean? News will spread to Babylon that Gedaliah is dead. When Nebuchadnezzar hears, he will send his army and utterly destroy us for killing his governor. He will think we are in rebellion against him. But it was Ishmael who killed Gedaliah. It doesn't matter. Nebuchadnezzar will not take time to search out the details. The point is that a Jew killed him. That is all that matters. We have to take this people to Egypt. We will give them a night to rest, then go. The people walked for several days. Finally, once they reached Bethlehem, they decided to confer with Jeremiah. After promising to obey whatever God said, they waited for the word from God. Ten days passed. The people were restless, fearing an Babylonian attack at any time. Finally, Jeremiah received a message from God, and the people gathered around to hear him. The Lord told me if you would stay in the land, God will build you and plant you in your land. Don't be afraid of the king of Babylon, for God will be with you to save and deliver you. However, if you choose to rebel against the Lord and go to Egypt because you think you won't see war or hunger there, then all that you have feared will come upon you there. The sword, the famine, and the pestilence will kill all who go to Egypt. Don't go into Egypt, or God will pour his wrath upon you. The people were taken aback by this message. They had tried to please God by asking him what they should do, but they were sure God would tell them to go. They were confronted with the choice to obey God, who had done all that Jeremiah had prophesied, or follow their own path. They chose to go their own way. After accusing Jeremiah of lying to them, they went away into Egypt, never to return. We are sometimes confronted with this same choice, whether to trust God when it is not what we would do, or to go our own way. Let's remember this story and to trust God. And that wraps up our story. In the cast you heard Jackson Hill, Durant Hill, Landon Hill, and Natalie Hill, as well as myself, your host, Drew Hill. Join us next time for another story. Good night. <laughs>